Okay. Um, so welcome everyone to the second Patriots Club podcast. My name's Natalie and I have a few special guests with me. You guys want to introduce yourselves? Um, I'm Megan. I am a sophomore um, in the Baking and Patriots program. And we have Chef, Chef Brewweiler. Yeah. I have to date the booze myself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, I'm Chef Brewweiler. Chef B. Um, and we have Chef Brown. Hey guys, good evening. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you both. Or thank you everyone for coming. Okay, so we kind of just wanted to talk about what the holidays were like um, in your home country. So we kind of want to talk about that. Um, and just also kind of like your journey here and what it was like. Well, okay, so I was born and raised in Switzerland. Um, I uh, come from a very unique um, situation. Uh, my both grandparents had bakeries in Switzerland. So I have a sister, a younger sister. And uh, so I learned through an apprenticeship, baking and pastry in Switzerland. Um, so when you go to high school, uh, when you're 16, 16, yeah, 15, 16 years old, you, uh, uh, you got to make a decision what you want to be. Uh, what you want to learn, if you want to continue going into a university or if you want to learn something, you know, like baking or pastry, and that's what I have chosen. Uh, so uh, I did three years of baking and pastry in Switzerland. And then after uh, I graduated, I had to go to the Swiss military for, uh, I think it was like three months or something, three, four months. And then I, were, I got hooked to the Swiss military. So I did more what I supposed to do. And then I did more and then I did more. And then eventually I said, you know, I wanna, I'm gonna leave my country because I had the opportunity to leave my country. Uh, to an ad was posted in a bakery pastry magazine in Switzerland. And they were looking for a pastry chef running three hotels in Bermuda. From Bermuda, I went to Houston, Texas. It was like, it was like a culture shock, you know, from when I come from a small little island like Bermuda, going to Texas, big, big state. My, one of my best friends, he was a neighbor, you know, I mean, close by, and then uh, we went to a baker school together. And he left pretty much the same time like I did, but he went to Texas. And I went to Bermuda. And then one day he called me up and said, oh, I'm looking for uh, an assistant pastry chef. Uh, do you want to come and help me out? And say, okay, yes, why not? You know, and because uh, I was there for a year and a half in Bermuda, I had a two-year contract, and then I broke the contract because I I wanted to see something else, and there was always a great opportunity or a dream of mine to go to the United States. And that's what I did. So I uh, I resigned in Bermuda, I broke the contract, I uh, came to uh, Houston, Texas. And then, unfortunately, there was no job for me lined up. And I met a, a Swiss pastry, uh, a Swiss uh, chef from a hotel, one of the largest hotels in Houston, Texas, that time. And he said, like, you know what? I'm looking for a pastry chef. You know, why don't you go back to home to Switzerland, get your uh, get your papers done, and then uh, you come back. Then it's like, okay, my papers are up now. So what should I do now? You know, I got, they will they will kick me out. And then I found somebody else, you know, a friend of mine, a friend of a friend of a friend. 
and then I ended up I ended up in uh, in in Connecticut, and then I uh, did two years in Connecticut, and then I uh, I also went to Chicago. I was in Chicago for a while. I had to clean up a, a hotel. They had a lot of problems in Chicago, and then uh, through that I found a hotel in Atlanta, Georgia, the same the same chain. Uh, and they said, you know, well, because you did such a great job in in uh, Chicago, I will we would like to promote you to be the pastry chef opening up a brand new hotel. I said, sure, hey, that's that's awesome. Because I wanted to go down south anyway again. I mean, I love Chicago. Chicago is an awesome city, one of my favorite cities in the United States. And then I went back south. And then I opened up the, the Swiss Hotel in uh, Atlanta. I have a great time over here. I love the United States. And and then I, uh, found, I found a job in a, a German bakery. And because uh, I'm looking for somebody uh, wants to buy my bakery. And I'm like, really, you know? And, and, and he said, yes, you know, I mean, I think you, you would be the, the right candidate to, to uh, you know, to uh, take over my bakery. Unfortunately, the guy got cold feet. And then after a year, finally, finally he gave in. So I basically worked for him for a year. You know, he made some money out of me. And then I was able to bring the, the price down and then I purchased the bakery in Atlanta. So I had it for a little while. And then uh, we had children. And because uh, my wife's family is from Connecticut, so we wanted to move back. So we sold the bakery. Uh, and then I was like, well, I got to have another bakery. And then I built a bakery. So that was the first time I, I bought a bakery. And then the second time I built my own bakery. And that's what I did in, in, in Connecticut. And then about uh, four and a half, five years in, I had some uh, health issues. And then I had to make a decision if I want to go on or not. And then I said, you know, it's, it's not worth it. You know, I, I, I got I to gotta sell it and then I got to find something else. And that's what, and that's what we did. And then uh, I, I applied for uh, Chancellor of Wales in 2000, late 2008. And then uh, I did a bench test. That's what you have to do, you know, to, uh, to get into Chancellor of Wales. You know, it's like a two-day two -day, uh, bench test. And, um, and I started off with uh, as a position as an adjunct at that time. You know, they just hired two or three new faculties in the pastry program. So I, had, so I, I got in right away as, a, as an adjunct. I taught like so many, so many uh, uh, classes already. And then in 2009, I was a full-time faculty. And that's now what, 12, it's my, I think my 12th year at Chancellor Wales. And time just flies, and uh, and here we go. I mean, I'm talking to the pastry arts club, you know. So <laughs> I couldn't speak any English. I uh, I couldn't even count to ten, you know. And then I just went to Bermuda, and then I got picked up by uh, by the executive chef, you know. And and I mean, everybody spoke English. I had no <laughs> I had no clue what people were saying, you know. But that's how I started it, you know. I uh, I just. I mean, I was homesick. You wouldn't believe how homesick I was. I mean, I cried. And and then at that time, there was no internet like we have now. So I couldn't call my parents. You know, I was able to call my parents maybe once a month. You know, uh, it was like $70 for like a half an hour from Bermuda. And so we were writing uh, love letters. I mean, we were, you know, letter after letter after letter we sent out, you know, and, you know, 
to my girlfriend, wow. you know, to my parents, you know, to my sister and all my friends I left behind. And, and that's how I started it. You know, I went, I mean, I went through so much. I had my, I had my, uh, you know, my traveler checks in that time. I had traveler checks. I don't remember, chef, you know. It was no cash, or we had some cash yeah. around our waist. Or in our yep. underwear, somewhere parked yep. away, you know, that nobody, you know, <laughs> we were stealing it from us. Yeah. And that's how we started, you know, that's how we started. Yeah. And I mean, you know, one night I slept there, one night I slept there, you know, and, you know, and or, or I slept in hotels because I was an executive pacer chef. So, you know, I, you know, I mean, I'm the first, the first out of uh, 13 cousins, I actually left my country, you know, I mean, just one day is like, hey, I'm, I'm going, you know, but nobody knew how long, you know, I mean, not even I am, but, you know, I just, hey, you know, but I was always that way. You know, I mean, I traveled the world. I just, one day I said, hey, I'm going. See you. So, that sounds anyway. very exciting. <laughs> I mean, what about you, Chef Brown? I don't know, man. I'll, I, I'll try to follow that up with some good story. But <laughs> So, yeah, my story is pretty similar to, to Chef B. So uh, I was born and raised in South Africa, and I got into cooking uh, through the military. So um, back when I was in uh, my last year of high school, which is, uh, uh, what do they call it, grade 12 here, um, it's mandatory at that time for all males 18 years of age to do two years compulsory military service, right? So you, I, I you know, had to, I had no choice, and I went along, and really this career this, that I've had, this great career I've had, is was really a stroke of luck. I was sitting in a huge field with thousands of other people. And the guy that I was sitting next to at the time, his brother had been a chef in the military. And he said, we need to get in the kitchen. My brother was a chef and he lived like a king. So the, the old adage, the old saying is that, you know, the army marches on its stomach. So nobody ever messed with us. We didn't get any trouble from anybody. You know, everybody was nice to us all the time because if you weren't, then, you know, your food may not be that great. So, so I got into cooking like that, just purely trying to get out of doing too much in the army and just trying to, you know, have a relaxed two years in the military. And at some point along the way, I was sent to an officer's mess and I worked under a sergeant major then. His name was Samuels. And he was the one that really got piqued my interest into hospitality. He, he came from a hospitality background and he, was, he didn't really care that we were in the army or not, we were going to do the best we could with what we had. And I just kind of, I kind of just took to that. I think I really enjoyed the way that he, that he provided hospitality to people, which was kind of cool, even though we were in the, in the army. When I left the military, I, I went and I worked in the industry for a year. I worked in a couple of different restaurants and I um, decided that if I was going to do this seriously, then I should probably get some sort of training. Right. Um, unfortunately, my, my parents couldn't afford to send me to, uh, like a Johnson and Wales to a hotel school. So I did the same route as uh, Chef B and I went through an apprenticeship route, which means uh, we work full time and we went to school part time. So I went to school once a week and then I went uh, for a six week block every year uh, and went to school full time. Uh, so kind of worked my way through that. Um, once I graduated there um, or finished that program, I want to say, yeah, I suppose we graduated. Um, we didn't wear a cap and gown and walk across the stage at the dunk, but I suppose we had some, we had a small graduation ceremony, I suppose. Um, I really wanted to work in the best place I could. 
uh, and oh, I should preference this by saying, at this point, I wasn't in pastry, I, I was in savory. And so I sought out the, the finest French restaurant I could in Cape Town, South Africa, in my, in my hometown. And uh, I worked there for, for about a year. Um, I, it's the hardest I've ever worked in my life. It was unbelievable. But I look back now, you know, what was that, 26 years ago, whatever it was, 27 years ago, and, uh, and I appreciate the chef kicking me in the ass, you know, like uh, pushing me every day, every day, every day. Like not, it was relentless. It was nonstop, relentless. And that, at that point, um, I, I'd, I'd met my wife and my plan was to go to London and work in London for two years and then come back to South Africa and to open a place, right? I was going to open a, a restaurant, my own place. Uh, with this international experience. Like Chef B, I used to get this magazine called the Hotel and Caterer. And uh, in the back used to be jobs. And there was a, you know, jobs for, for, for just for the United Kingdom, for England, and Wales and Scotland and Ireland. And then there was international jobs. And I found this job. They were looking for uh, somebody for the front of house, which was my wife, my girlfriend at the time, that's what she did. And somebody for the kitchen. And it was in a small little town in upstate New York. It was about two, and a, two, two and a half hours north of New York City um, in the Catskill Mountains. It's for whatever reason, I've always wanted to work in America. And, and maybe, maybe it's because of TV shows when I was young. I mean, who knows, you know. But I always, right, like the A-Team and MacGyver and Airwolf and all this kind of, I always wanted to work in America. And uh, we f- I'll never forget this. We flew, to, we flew from South Africa to, because we had to go back to South Africa for our visa. So we flew from South Africa to London, London to New York, to, Jer- uh, to Newark, actually, New Jersey. And uh, I'll never forget, we stepped out of the airport and they had sent somebody to pick us up. And this guy, this driver, this guy who was driving the car said, you know, it's quite a long drive, it's about three hours do you want to get something for the road? So we said, sure. So we stopped at this convenience store, bought some water, and I bought two Hershey almond chocolate bars. I'll never forget this. This is as clear as it was 20 years ago. And we jumped in the car, and off we drove, and I proceeded to open this chocolate bar, and I took a bite, and I turned to my wife, and I said, at the time, she was still my girlfriend, I said, what have we done? Taste this crap. And it was the worst piece of chocolate I'd ever tasted in my life. And I was like, what kind of mistake have we made here? What is the food like in America? We moved from the Catskill Mountains of New York State across the border to Massachusetts, just due to the, an area called the Berkshires. And we worked in this, uh, we finally achieved Five Star Five Diamond, uh, but a very small, luxurious hotel. I was in the kitchen and my wife was in, in the front. And that's when I made my switch. So when we were working upstate New York, I would, I would help the pastry chef out. I just, I liked it. I enjoyed working with him. He was a, he was um, a nice guy, you know, willing to show me stuff. And so um, after I'd finished my responsibilities, I'd work with him a bit and I'd come in early in the morning. And so it was kind of cool. You know, we, we really, I really wanted to get into pastry at that point. And so when we made the move uh, into Massachusetts, I, uh, I pushed to work in the pastry and they, they let me do that. And that's kind of where I made the switch from savory to pastry. And we stayed in that hotel for a long time. We stayed there seven years and 
the owners of the hotel were very generous to us and they helped us secure our permanent residency, our so-called green cards uh, for the U.S. And uh, so once we, had once we had got that, you know, I, you know, most, most of us chefs, we don't stay in places very long. So seven years was a long time for us. Uh, I landed up going to work for the Fairmont Hotel, group of hotels. It's a Canadian chain. Um, and I landed up in Miami, actually, right near our, Miami, our North Miami campus. And uh, I worked there as an assistant pastry chef. And it was a, it was a massive, massive operation. And uh, we had made a lot of friends up in Massachusetts and also into Rhode Island. And so we thought, we decided we'd come back up to the Northeast, not because of the weather, but just because we had people, right? We knew people and we could have a bit of a support structure for, for Tracy and for Emma. So the reason we decided, one of the reasons too was come up is I'd secured a job um, with a, a Venezuelan chocolate company who wanted to open a, who had opened a chocolate store in Boston. And they were looking for a, a partner to, to, run the, to run the shop. And this is where it gets, my, I think my story gets the most interesting. I was in my kitchen one day and I had a big glass window and I could see through the window into the front of the shop. And I saw these two ladies come in and, you know, I didn't really pay attention other than that I knew they, was, they were there to come and obviously ordered something and they were sitting down. She came in and said, chef, I think these two, are in the business because of the way they're talking and stuff like that. You should come out and say hi. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll be right there. I'll be right there. And I kind of procrastinated. And then she, the, um, the girl was knocking on the window. Yeah. You know, come on, come on, come on. And I came out and one of the people sitting at the table was chef Haas. Oh, and wow. she and a friend, yeah, she and a friend had come into the, into Boston. She was at Johnson and Wales already. And her friend had come to visit and they'd come into Boston and they'd stopped at my place. And, so Chef Haas had told me, yeah, she'd been stopped in my place a few times and, you know, she liked it and blah, blah, blah. So oh, that's cool, you know, and, and where, you, where do you work? Oh, she's Johnson & Wales. I said, oh, it's really nice, blah, blah, blah. So every now and again, Chef Haas would come back to the city. She would stop in. We'd say, hi, how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. So one day she calls me and she says, hey, Chef, I was wondering if you'd be willing to take a student who needs an internship to, to take him. I said, I, I, couldn't, I can't pay him, but, if, you know, if he needs the hours, you know, I'll be happy to, to do that. End of the business uh, lifespan, um, I couldn't get hold of him because I knew I was going to close. We had a long discussion with my other partners that we were going to close down. And I was trying to get hold of him to say, listen, don't come in next week. The business is closing. I'm sorry. You know, I'll try to help and find you another place so you can at least finish your internship. And so I called Chef Haas and I said to her, hey, if you, can, can you get hold of the student? Can you get hold of Tim? Because... I'm trying to let him know that, you know, I'm, I'm closing, unfortunately. Oh, she was, you know, sad to hear that. What was I going to do after the shop? And I was like, I, I got no idea. I said, I need to close the shop down. And she said, well, there's a couple of positions here at JWU that we're looking for instructors for the next, um, you know, for the fall. This was 2009. When did you start, Jeff B? Was it, you started in 2009. Nine, yeah. Yeah, so this was, this was the summer of, of 10, and they were looking for people to start in the fall of 2010. And a couple of weeks later, she called me again and said, if you're interested, we need to know because we, you know, we need to hire, right? We need to interview, and I had to do a bench test and all this kind of stuff, and I had to do a lecture, and oh, it was crazy. And uh, so I said, yeah, okay, all right, I'm, I'm interested. The very next day, um, 
Chef Welling calls me. Chef Welling and Chef uh, Hits call me. And they're like, oh, can you come tomorrow for an interview? Can you come and do a bench test type thing? So I'm like, yeah, sure. So I go in and, <laughs> oh, my God, all these funny stories. So, you know, you guys know where uh, 303 is on the third floor, right? Yes. The yes. lab 303. So mm-hmm. I'm in 303. There's another guy in uh, 301. And we're going to do our presentation in 302, right? So in that corner on the third floor, right? So I'm in 303 and I'm looking out the door, right? So this is the second day getting ready to make the presentation. The other guy's going first and I'm going second. I see this guy walk out of 301, that bread lab, and he's got his arms full of bread. And I'm like, oh no, did I miss something? Did I forget to make bread? So I'm on my laptop. I'm looking at the emails from Chef Itz and Chef Welling. Like, this is what you need to make. And I'm scouring through it. Did I miss the bread? Did I miss the bread? Can't see anything. And now I'm panicked. Now I'm totally panicked. I'm like, oh, this is it. I'm done. I should just pack up and leave now. I'm never going to get this job. And uh, so I, I go in and I'm, I make my presentation. Nobody asks me for bread. Nobody says, where's your bread or anything like that. I do my lecture. It was... Um, Chef Coast, uh, Chef Farron, at the, um, and it was um, Chef Gila Gal was there, was there uh, Chef Hits and Welling. And anyway, so I do my presentation and everything. I'm thinking, well, I don't know about this bread story. Maybe they just didn't say anything. Well, it turns out they were looking for a bread baker and a pastry chef. And I was obviously applying for a pastry chef because bread wasn't, is not very much strength. So anyway, so the long and the short of it is I got the job, right? That was 11 years ago. And, you know, what turned into... 18 months in America is now 21 years in America. Um, citizens for about a year now. My daughter was born here 12 years ago. Um, I have the house and uh, I don't have the white picket fence yet, but maybe, maybe that's going to come, you know? And when I, first, when I told people I was coming to America, they're like, oh yeah, you're just going to New York onto Fifth Avenue. It's, it's paved with gold. You can just go and break a chunk of gold off. I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool, right? Well, yeah, as you know, it's not it's not so much like that. So, so yeah, that's kind of my it's kind of my 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 story, you know, as as it happens. Wow, so. that's that that's so wow. awesome to hear. Like that, the bacon pastry world is so so small, <laughs> so tiny, yeah. so tiny, unbelievable, just unbelievable, you know. And uh, you know, we say to you all, you say to you guys all the time, you know, like like use us as resources, right? Like speak to your chefs and those that you are closer to, you know, milk them for the connections they have. Cause that's what it's all about. It's all about who you know. Right. And if I don't know, chef B might know. And if chef B doesn't know, somebody knows. Right. But if you don't take that step forward and say to the chef, I want to work here, or I want to work there, or I want to work in this industry, part of the industry or that part of the industry. I mean, that's all what you pay for in my book, you know, at the end of the day. Definitely, yeah. All right, well, that was great to hear. Very interesting. And we know the holidays are coming up. Um, This will probably go out next week in December, so very close to Christmas. We just wanted to ask you, like, what are are the holidays like in your home countries? Like, did you have any traditions? Did you get together (laughs) with, like, family? Do you have any family recipes you want to share? Well... I suppose that was the original question, right? Is what do you do for the holidays? Well, I'll, I'll go first, Chef B. Um, as you know, I'm from South Africa. So our, summer, our Christmases are in the middle of summer. So I'd never seen snow before I came to America. Never touched snow before I came to America. 
And the first snowfall I experienced, it was up to my hips. I had to wade home up to my hips in snow. But so we, we are always, we do very, we don't do big, heavy traditional meals like, like we tend to do here. It's more uh, light, light affair uh, around the swimming pool and around the barbecue. We don't, we don't do like big uh, roasting, big yangs of meat and stuff. Uh, as far as sort of um, tradition goes, we are heavily influenced by the British. So we were a British colony for a long time. So there's quite a bit of, of that influence. Although there are certain things that my family make as a tradition, which I've now brought to the United States and share with uh, friends that we, that we share Christmas with. Maybe not this year, but in years past. So one of them is called a, a cook sister. So that is our version of a fried dough. So it's actually a chemical leavened dough. So we use baking powder and we deep fry it. And then when it, we actually, I should also say, we take it, we cut it into strips and we braid it. Like you would braid your hair, three braid or a hala. And then we deep fry that. And as it comes out, the oil's still hot. We put it into a, a very strong ginger syrup. So a simple syrup flavored with uh, ginger. And my family, we use fresh ginger root. And we, my mother actually, well, she, she used to grate it. Um, I, I, I find that too much of a pain, to be honest. So I normally just chop it really rough and... Um, put the ginger into the syrup when, as it comes off the boil. Um, and you let it soak in there for hours and hours. So that's very traditional. And then the other thing that we do as a tradition is something called the malfa pudding, which is essentially just a sponge cake, also chemical leavened with um, baking soda and vinegar. And then we soak it with um, lots of cream, lots of butter and lots of sugar. Uh, mm. And that's kind of the two traditional things that I grew up as a, as a kid enjoying along with some really nasty fruit pudding, a, a British fruit pudding. I couldn't stand it quite frankly. But. Oh, wow. Our, our, our holiday, our holiday is the same time like the United States. Uh, the only difference is we don't have Santa Claus coming on the 25th, you know, coming down the chimney. Our Santa Claus is coming on the 6th of December. The parents actually will hire Santa. Oh. So when you were little, Santa will knock on the door. And you know Santa, you know, he's a big guy. He's six foot something, you know. He comes with a donkey and he comes with a helper. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, you are, and then, you know, knock, knock, you know, here comes Santa. Then Santa comes to your house. He walks into your house, you know, into your parents' house. And then, you know, you're looking up to this big guy, you know, big beard, you know, and all dressed up, you know, and he has a huge uh, sack of, of goodies in there, you know. And then he has this huge Bible. It's like a huge, thick book. And he opens up that book, you know, and everybody gathers around him, you know, and then, you know, you're looking up, you know, you're two or three years old, you know, you're looking up to Santa, you know, and then he tells you all that stuff. You know, that you are bad to your sister, you know, you're talking back to mom and da 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 da. And I'm like, you know, how does he know all that stuff? You know, you know. And, <laughs> and then, you know, he tells you the end, you know, the end of the. Uh, he will tell, you know, he tells you, oh, by the way, you got to straighten out. You have three weeks, you know, before Christmas, you know, and then, uh, and otherwise, uh, you know, uh, there will be no presents. 
okay, then he leaves, you know. <laughs> and then uh, on the 20, the 24th, on Christmas Eve, we actually celebrate with your family. So you were never involved, my sister and I, we were never involved decorating the Christmas tree. So there was always great food around us, you know, we had breakfast, we had lunch, and then, and then we had dinner, and then we had to be all dressed up. And then we had to go to our bedrooms. And we had to wait for, uh, for, for the angels to come in and, uh, and decorate the Christmas tree and bring all the presents. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, and then it came out, you know, all the lights were dimmed, you know, the lights were on on the Christmas tree and there was not uh, electric lights. There was actually real candles, okay? real candles. And then you walk out there, you're all like, ooh, ah, you know, and then usually we had to sing, you know, either, you know, if, if you played an instrument or you were singing, you know, in, at school, you know, or in kindergarten or any, you know, school years. So we had to sing and perform, you know, before your parents. And our food was always, you know, because the Swiss people eat pretty much the same like the French people do, very high, high-end food. And uh, around the holidays, we, we eat a lot of gingerbread but it's different from the American gingerbread. Our gingerbread is made with honey. You know, I, I mean, I know I did a lot of demos for the Pastry mm-hmm. Arts Club. Very good. Years ago. So it has honey in there, you know, and, and then, you know, flour and spices. And it was like five, six different spices in there. So it's different. And then some of them, they're filled with uh, the one, you know, the reef I did. Mm-hmm. I think it was last year, you know, there, there's, uh, there's marzipan or there's uh, almond paste inside of it. And then, of course, we have all those Christmas cookies. We call, we call it rebelli. Rebelli is like an anise, an, uh, an anise cookie. And our cookies are very hot compared to the American cookies. You know, when I came to the United States for the first time, it's like, oh gosh, they're all underbaked. You know, they got to be baked long. Like, you know, like an oatmeal cookie was all nice and chewy, you know, a chocolate chip cookie, you know. So I really had to change, you know, the way I did my cookies because everybody was complaining. It's like, oh, you overcooked, you, oh, you overbaked your cookies because they're also hot. You know, because we are dipping our cookies into coffee or tea, and that's where, you know, like for, uh, for, uh, for an afternoon, uh, you know, break, like the English people have scones. January 6th, that's when we are celebrating the Three Kings Day. So that's when actually the three wise men, the three kings, finally got to Bethlehem to, 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 uh, to visit Christ. And that's another holiday for us, so we're making a special bread for that. Uh, you know, and so that's our, that's our, uh, our celebration. So you have three weeks to straighten out your, your hiney, you know, like you're you acting. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't, uh, we don't have that, we don't right. have that opportunity. You know, <laughs> so otherwise not. Your Santa sounds very intense. Very intense. Very intense. <laughs> yeah, we find out, we find out on Christmas Day if you were good or not. You don't, you don't get an opportunity to straighten no. <laughs> out. It's like a one shot deal. So they oh, brought a donkey into your house? No, no, they had a donkey outside on the street. Oh, the donkey was outside. Yeah, it was outside <laughs> with the helper. With the helper, you know, and then, you know, the, you know Santa came in, you know, the, the, the helper had to be outside. I mean, sometimes it snowed like you wouldn't believe how much snow. It was like a blizzard, you know, the way it's outside, you know. Oh, my. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I guess that's like our, our reindeer, right? The donkey yeah, is like right. the reindeer. <laughs> 
it just it just different, you know. And, uh, and of course, we eat a lot of stolen, you know, like you know the stolen, you know, the, you know, like the, the the German stolen, you know, we make in Vienna, in the Vienna yep. Serene tent we used yeah. to do, you know. So uh, that's very tradition too, because you know we bordering, you know, to Germany, so and you know that's pretty much around, you know, us, you know, I mean even France or Austria, so. Well, those sound like that sounds awesome, and like that sounds so cool that you guys get to experience that on top of a Christmas here in oh, the yes, United definitely. States. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys do you bring over any of those traditions to your families here? Yeah, well, I I'm thinking about it, making some uh, some uh, domains, you know, on Wednesday the sixth. Wednesday, uh, that's on su- Sunday. Yeah, that's in three days. Yeah, in three days, right? Mm-hmm. So I may I might make some, you know. You do anything like this, uh, Chef Chef Brown? I mean, no, we never, no, we never did anything oh, like an English pudding, or yeah, the English the the the, the uh, Christmas pudding it was called. That thing was just nasty. Yeah, but is it is it, is it like a trifle English trifle? No, it's heavier. It's 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 a fruit cake. So okay. to, yeah, so it's like how do I explain it? It's it's. It's, I suppose it's like gingerbread from, from a perspective of the spices that my grand used to put in there. But the thing could kill you, man. It was as heavy as a brick. It was, and she used to steam the thing. Like she would wrap it in this, um, she would steam it in this container, right? In like a, yeah, in this pot. And then she would wrap it in a piece of linen and tie it and then put it in one of those, those um, tin containers you were talking about with the lid. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, this would happen in January and then she would take it out once a month, untie the linen and then Ooh. soak it, tie it back up, put it back in the tin. And she would go this the whole year. She would do this. And I'm like, but then it starts, I mean, it starts to ferment too, you know, because I mean, yeah, that's what she loved about it. Yeah. That's what she loved it. Yeah. But she liked, that's what she loved about it. I think. <laughs> I love it. You should yeah, get and then, yeah, and then it was all, you know, and then it was a whole big like she used to put suet into like beef fat, beef core fat. So suet fat, if I'm not mistaken, is from around the intestines, I think, or around the kidneys, maybe. I can't remember, but it's you gotta go and you go to the butcher and you'd be like, Yeah, I need the suet. You know, my grand would send me to go pick it up. I'd get on my bicycle and ride my bicycle to the butcher shop and then ask the you know my grand would call and then he'd have it ready, you know, whatever. Hey, I mean, oh yeah, yeah, you go. And she used to put this fat in the pudding. Dude, it was this, oh, I'm okay. sorry, but it was the most disgusting thing I've ever had in my life. <laughs> and they used to, my, my family used to make this big deal about it. I'm like, this is nasty. I don't know what you guys are getting so excited about. <laughs> but okay. I think that's all the time that we have. I just want to thank chef Brewweiler Chef Brown and Megan for being here tonight. Um, thank you for sharing your stories and what traditions you have back in your home countries. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Pack and on Facebook at Providence Pastry Arts Club. Um, and thank you so much and just happy holidays, everybody. Yeah, same to you guys. Thank you very much. For yeah, having thanks. Me. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Happy holidays. Thank you. Happy holidays, everybody. Stay, stay holidays. safe. Yes, stay safe, everyone. Bye-bye.